This is Madhouse, a podcast on a mission to tell stories of how creators in Africa get things done. I'm your host, Gabriel Mundaka. Today's episode is produced by Box Studios in Kampala and is bound to leave you inspired. We're immensely grateful for your unwavering support as we continue our mission of bringing truly inspiring stories. It fills our hearts with gratitude to announce that Madhouse is now blessed with the invaluable support of Mayuyuka Kawunda, a gifted editor, writer of compelling copy and stories, an extraordinary music creator and playlister. Please share and leave a review on your favorite podcast application as this helps us get discovered and inspires a wider audience. If you want to do more, you can donate to us. Your donations help us tell more stories of limitless possibilities. For more details, please check the show notes. Let's dive in into another exciting episode of Madhouse. episode of Madhouse, I had a great conversation with Rachel II about how she got started with words, what words mean to her, the meaning of words, what she thinks words can do for all of us as we read them, take them in, understand them, enjoy the episode, peace, be inspired. Bye. Hey Rachel the first, no. Rachel the second is in the building. Mm. What's up, what's up? <laughs> hi, hi, hi everyone. Cool. So let's just get into it so that we Yeah, we leave all the stuff in here by the way. This is how um like, like chill as podcast and filtered this podcast is. So whatever I said going forward, make sure you can stand by it, protect and don't kill for it. Not yeah. <laughs> if you can't kill for what you're about to say, don't say it. I will remember that. Cool. Cool. So yes, Rachel, welcome to Fund. Thank you. Thank Ta- you for having me yeah. on this Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, Sunday morning. Drop. Yeah, we, we, we are atheists. Don't go to church, but... Oh, wow. Uh-huh. So, tell us who you are, what you do. Okay. I usually find that such a hard question. Who are you? Okay, tell us who you are. Like, what you do? Okay, my name is Rachel Chiza, and I like to read, I like to write, I like to eat, oh. I like to sleep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, those two go hand in hand, eating and sleeping. <laughs> uh, but also, I work with Gote Zentrum Kampala slash the Ugandan German Culture Society, mm-hmm. or really just GZK. Since people have a hard time pronouncing the others, so, so just GZK will do. Rebrand, uh, need to rebrand. It's simpler names. Well, I guess it's that is beyond me. But yeah, yeah I work with GZK as a culture coordinator, yes. and that really just entails me organizing things that support creatives, so yeah. workshops, um, mm. programming, really basically programming that supports creatives, and it's exciting work. I'm happy to go to work every Monday morning. Nice. Mm-hmm. Wow, people love their jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to work to organize cultural events for. So how did I'm just curious, how did this how did it I mean outside, I guess Ghana German cultural gig. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh I'm curious about words because I think that's how I met you. I come across your stuff and I was like, ah, oh, she really loves words. I wanted to know like how it all began. You like love for words and like whole like why words? 
people like pictures, movies, painting, drawings, but yeah. you just like words. Yeah. You know, I was about to ask you what your first word was as a baby. Did, did, did they tell you? I'm no, they curious. didn't. Maybe I'll ask my mom one of these days. They didn't. Uh, but also, they, I don't remember the genesis. It's, I always feel like it's, for me, reading mm. is a gift. Yeah. And I can't say that, oh, my mom gave me a book or she read to me. Yeah. We all know that back then. <laughs> I, very few parents, if there are any in Uganda or even Africa-wide, were reading to their kids. Yeah. So even me, it was like that. I fell in love with reading when I started, I think, going to school. Okay. Because I was just fascinated by everything on the words, so and on, on the pages, so I was reading everything. I remember this vividly in primary school. You remember those Tom and Jen books? Yeah. Those were small, yeah. tiny books like yeah. ABCs? Yeah. I was reading all of that. What primary school did you go to? I went to one, I, I think P1, I went to Seta Boarding. Uh -huh. And then after I moved to Namgongo Girls, okay. where I finished from <laughs> until P7. No, when you said, because I was in Green Hill, so like those books were like. Uh, I mean. Like, Ladybird, I think yeah. we're all reading the same books. Whoever was sending them from abroad was sending to all schools back then. <laughs> yeah, maybe Master of Education was working then. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So right now, that th that's when I fell in love with reading. And then secondary school, I remember my first year in S1. Yeah. I read, I think, almost every book in the library. Nice. I would just How long did take it? sit. I don't even remember because if I, was, if I read almost every book, that means... I was reading books for like, because they were really very small books. If uh, you remember, like A Recipe for Disaster, that's, uh, what's her name? But it was just novels, not really like... Yeah, novels. Okay. I was reading majorly the novels. Story books, like yeah, story, story books. books. Okay. Yeah, fiction. I, I enjoy fiction a lot. It, I think later on, now yeah. that I'm older, where I'm reading a lot of non-fiction as well. Okay. So I'm reading biographies, autobiographies, because... People are fascinating, yeah. and reading someone's story vis-a-vis -vis watching them on TV or observing them on social media, it's just like okay, that that's who you are yeah. <laughs> as a person. But then the book says this. Yeah, they, yeah I found that um, in nonfiction, there's a lot to learn cre for creative nonfiction yeah. because also people write it really well. Yeah. So you get to enjoy it as much as you enjoy fiction. So that's how really for me it started, and that's why I say it's a gift because I do I don't remember that one time when I picked up a book and I don't know like how what stood out for me and I was like oh my god this mm. is it wasn't grand yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> so I always think that I was born with it yeah. and I'm enjoying it and here we are how fast do you read books I'm very curious because you just said like you read every book library means you're reading really fast um yeah I used to I used to read what do you think really you fast. like averages but like page right now with a busy schedule I will take a month on a book Okay. But recently when I was traveling on Thursday this week, we, we traveled to Mbara for our family wedding. Yeah. And I had a book, a small book that I've been that someone gave me to review for them. And I promised I'd review it in October. So I was like, oh, let me carry it along with me so I can read it. And I read the book in one day, The Journey. So Mara. it's time. Time is the thing. Yeah, time is the thing. When I have time, I can sit on a book and finish it in one day. Okay. Yeah, if when I don't have time, then it takes me more because I have to create the time between the busy schedule and, as you know, there you have evening engagements or mm. there's this event to attend, there's that to attend. So the time I would have used for reading, 
about that thing, other things that pay me. <laughs> true, yeah. true. Re- reviewers, start paying. So that she can see. That she can she can just sit and read your book for one day and give you your notes <laughs> tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, because after I read the book, then I sent the lady who has uh, who had asked me to review. I sent her like a short review. I was like, This is what I think about your book. This is what is interesting. This is what you need to improve. Then I told her I'll do, of course, a proper review <laughs> on my blog at some point. But this is what I think thought about the book guys pay the woman pay hana oh no yeah sorry <laughs> sorry i'm here like jumping to get you paid <laughs> i like it please continue i should yeah. be paid yeah, yeah. I should be paid for reviewing books yeah ah that's cool so i'm um uh, so you're saying okay so you're talking about like s1 reading all these books and like just like um so i'm just curious where did it go like after like really consuming books like where like you read all the books in the library, so what what was plan B? So, um, the library didn't have books like Breaking Dawn. Th- remember that Twilight? Yeah, there was Twilight, that Twilight season. season. Yeah. So all the books were out. Yeah. And no, the movies were out, and some of the books were out, and then there was that last movie that yeah. was supposed to come out to end everything, the yeah. saga, the Twilight saga, and I remember there's someone who i don't know if their parents bought for them the book from abroad but yeah. someone came to school with it and there was a queue so we knew and this queue had s1 s2 s3 s4 s5 s6 so we knew that i was after so and so so there were books like those who that pe- we wanted to read but they were there were always queues and i mean people would always bring in books so library you're done with that and then now it's just people's individual yeah, copies books. where everyone has something you want to read and you're just like okay we know you ca- you like to read oh i'm reading this book and you're like okay who is who is next yeah. who is next and then away from the books there was always newspapers so um back then which i think they still do now new vision always had uh, reviews book reviews mm. and then they had uh, exhibition reviews mm. they had so many th- interesting things in the arts and culture section yeah. so i'd always go to read that and yeah. uh, what else was there to read i think that was basically and then there was the, there were those magazines people would distribute okay. so you're just reading big, even comic magazines i remember those so you're just reading as pretty much reading anything even comics yeah Oh, just like as long as it's like the words. Yeah, as long as they're words and it's fun, it's interesting. You're like, okay, let's let's, let's see this. As, yeah, as long as my my mind is being activated or stimulated, I'm good. Nice, nice, nice. That's 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 very interesting. That that it's it's almost like you wanted to like Mad Max mode. That's like any yeah, books in there. Anything, back. give me. <laughs> this yeah. paper cutting sweat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the that's good story. I'll read it. Uh, that's nice. Uh, I'm just curious, how did this how did this review thing start start for you? Um, so I think it was birthed from the desire to share what my thoughts on books. Okay. Because that when you tell someone you're reading a book, or if someone finds you reading a book, the first thing they ask is, "What is it about? Yeah. Is it nice? Mm. Is it interesting?" Mm. So you're constantly explaining yourself in so many words to different people. Yeah. And then I was like, oh okay, I can share my thoughts. But also because I was reading the papers, mm. I knew that there were people who were doing reviews. I was like, okay, okay so this is something I can also do. Mm. What I think I struggled with was how to do my reviews. Okay. Because everyone has 
are different where they do reviews. And then mm. you're, if you're reading the Guardian or mm. you're reading the New Yorker, yeah, uh, yeah so there's just a way. All these established platforms, there's a way how they do their reviews. So yeah. when I got into the whole writing space, I was just looking at those reviews and thinking, oh my God, I want to write like that. But um, eventually, I think I realized as long as you have a format, yeah. then just do your thing. Share mm. your thoughts the way you want to share them. Yeah. And you're good to go. So I think that's how, for me, it started with with wanting, if I can do one review, so that when someone asks me about the book, I'm like, oh, I did a review, just read that. Mm. Instead of constantly telling Sarah, Tom, Peter, John. Yeah, whenever I'm asked... That's how it was birthed. And I and I could share them on my blog. I was like, perfect. I'm going when to the do blog that. Began. The 2014, I think I had just, it was in that year when you're waiting to graduate. Because mm. we finished and then graduated in 2015. Yeah. So I started volunteering with an NGO called Chosa. Mm -hmm. They work in, the are based in Kaleri. Yeah. They do, it's an empowerment thing what's her name oh. uh noelin Chirabo. Yeah. yeah so she's a very good friend and was my boss my very first boss i was volunteering with chusa and i remember she used to also run a blog and she knew i loved her so she asked me why don't you start mm -hmm. a blog so then you're very consistent with your work and mm -hmm. you can get better at it yeah. i was like okay so she showed me how to do it started doing that and the rest is history. So as uh, and as you know, the more you do a thing, the more you get to know the ins and outs of everything. So I go to learn that people are doing reviews because mm -hmm. I used to, when I read a book, I Google the book immediately to see what comes up. So you find people have written reviews and yeah. then there's, uh, what's that app? Goodreads, mm -hmm. where people share them. Goodreads is that old? Yeah. Sorry, I think I just came across I, it. I'm not even, okay. I don't know at what point... I discovered Goodreads, but I know that when when even back then you yeah. would type in reviews or yeah. something about a book and someone has written about, about the book. book yeah. yeah. So I realized that I think I wanted to do that for the books I was also reading. And yeah. that's how I started. Honest. Yeah. So my very first reviews, I, I look back now that I'm 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 better, yeah. I look back and I'm thinking, what was I doing? That's terrible. <laughs> but in terms, I think, of writing, because mm -hmm. I wasn't very good with the grammar and all those things. But And then I think I was using shorthand at some point. Like, who uses shorthand? <sighs> it's so frustrating. But anyway, now, mm -hmm. I, now, um, now I think I have a better grasp, okay. because I also have an understanding of the different uh, styles of writing. I have yes. an understanding of the formats and all mm -hmm. of that. So... I know when I'm reading a book, I know what I'm looking out for. I know what is standing out for me. I know what's not working. I'm able to say, back then I feared to say that a book wasn't good. Uh, that I didn't enjoy I was about it. to ask you that question. Yeah. Because again, like, how do you get the courage <sighs> to start giving opinions about other people's like creative expression? Right, right. And now, having been in the industry for a while, I think it's still also difficult, but then you learn to do it in a more diplomatic way. Yeah. You know how people, you know how people can go on social media and they are ranting about someone's work, and I'm always like, you, you, you don't do that. I mean, you could, I, I, you could, but then also, especially now with it's writers, just an opinion. Then true, it's just an opinion, but also because I, I, I work in the writing space, yeah. I, I know what it takes to produce a book. Yeah. 
And so I can't, I just can't go and say certain words. <laughs> like you can give your opinion, but like I say, just do it in a more diplomatic way. So you know how they say when you're giving feedback, do the whole positive, then sandwich, the sandwich method, positive, negative, positive. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys are doing like mental gymnastics yeah. here. Like what? <laughs> just say, just be like, yeah, it sucks. Let's move on. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I learned to do that where I, I because there's elements of the book that are great. Yeah. But then you realize that, okay, this is what the writer didn't do. Yeah. And I did, um, I worked with the African Writers Trust and they, they run a program called the Manuscript Assessment Program. Okay. Now, when you're giving assessment on a manuscript, yeah. someone's book or yeah. manuscript, you don't just say, I hate this, I hate that, I hate this. Yeah. You have to show what you like. Okay. And then show what is not working. Ah, uh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So that way, when a person is reading the feedback, they know that okay, my dialogue is good, mm -hmm. but maybe I'm overdoing it and I need to cut it down. Mm. You get. So you show the good thing and then you show what's not working. Okay. And I think for me, that technique is what works for the reviews. Where I'm going to show you that yes, I really enjoyed this aspect of the book, okay. but this aspect, it's not working for the book. Okay. And then I need to, when you giving the assessment then you need to show a suggestion say how about if you try doing a b c d e f g uh, okay that way when the writer receives the feedback mm. they know what to improve okay. instead of just saying oh i hate it which uh, happens on social media a lot mm -hmm. i hate this i hate that okay what do you like yeah was the art in the space nice uh, was the linen nice even nice. mm. why you hate it like this gives specifics of why you hate very specific okay. yeah so i i realized that works best and i think i i like using that format where i say i read um there's a time i read goretti's book whispers from okay. vera which yeah. the very la her very first edition because now she's done a second edition yeah and I liked the book, the humor. It's funny, it's relatable, but there were certain aspects of the book. And I remember giving her feedback and saying, you know what, I like this book and I think you should really do it again, but you need to change A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah. Which, as now a seasoned writer, she knew, she's like, yeah, when I did it back then, like there was no editor, there was nothing. People just produced it the way I gave it to them. Yeah. But now I know better. So now I want to work on it and improve it. Yes. Yeah. Cool. I'm just, we're still down the path of challenges. I'm curious about like, were you like, I'm just, were you like the, like the weird girl in the corner in class or in, in like, we just like in her book, just buried in her book, no. just reading? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I was not. The, but I'm just curious because I know we don't live in a space that encourages like reading. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it seemed like you read a lot. I did. So I'm just curious how you sort of, Balanced it out. Not balanced it out. How you sort of fit? Because again, reading is not a thing. It's not cool to read. Let's just say it's not cool to read. Like generally, it's just like ah, like snad or like oh, I just always in a book. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm just curious how you balanced it out and how you sort of like um figured out ways just be just yourself without like feeling weird about like that you like to read yeah. a lot. I think I never felt weird or I never felt like a nerd because I like to read. Okay. And I think for me, it's that thing of I enjoy books and if mm. it's giving me pleasure, I don't care what you say. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I it could be a thing of my mental space, okay. but also uh, because I was in St. Lawrence and 
I mean, everyone was doing whatever they wanted. Like, yeah. if you, wa- you want to dance, dance. You want to <laughs> sing, sing. You, oh, you, you want to read, read. So it was. See your unfair advantage. <laughs> the environment encouraged it. The environment, it. yeah, the environment encouraged it. So I feel like even when people people would always comment that, oh my God, Rachel, you really like to read, but it wasn't like in a bad way. It was yeah. that thing of <laughs> Rachel can read. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Readers, Rachel <laughs> is on that side. Uh, but also, I think why I mentioned the balanced yeah. w- earlier when you're asking the questions because I'm also very balanced out. I w- I don't like read and then forget to do other things in okay. life. Okay. So as much as I like to read, I find time to read, but also find time to do other things, like have a healthy balance. Okay. Yeah. You're the life balance people. <laughs> we try. You try. We try. <laughs> Some days life is not balancing. I don't think it's, I don't believe in work-life balance energy. I, I don't think it's a thing of work-life balance. Not work-life, but like, like life balancing things. I, I feel know. like I feel like the two things just need to be in infused. Yeah. So yeah. that is like uh life work energy. So it's like <laughs> Yeah, so it's like you, you you sort of are working but you're also living. It does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. And I think for me that's what's happening because my kind of work entails me to read as well. Yeah. So it's more like you're just living your life in sync because when I was at African Writers Trust, I had to know um, about the writing world. So you're think, you're, you know the books being published, you know the writing prizes, you know what to read. So if, say, uh, and I think in my first year in 2018, mm. 2018 when I joined, I had just come into this writing space. Like I was reading in a vacuum, but now I came into this space where everyone was well-read. Mm. and uh, my boss, Goretti Kiyomohendo, then is just talking about all these writers and these different books, and I just have a notebook like, I haven't read that one yet. I haven't. I ha-. So I, I, I feel like, uh, for me, I was brought up to speed when I joined African Writers Trust with all okay. these, these different people. Yeah. And so it became a thing of, I, I'm not reading because I have to work or mm. because it's needed at my workplace. Mm. I'm just now reading because i like to read and thank god my work requires it mm. and so i'm just in sync with everything that i'm doing and even now with gzk it's still the same thing mm. where uh you have certain projects uh where you you need to know your stuff and i know my stuff so i'm just like yay i get to do all of this and i still enjoy myself mm. while reading not work work so for people then who have to that work life balance situation they have to create the time to read the book yeah. well for me anytime i can read the book yeah i hear you sorry we've been interrupted by <laughs> meow meow this cat is called meow so just are you serious yeah, what sort of me. name is that the people crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Tune in for disruptive conversations, experiences, and more we wouldn't normally share on tape. Coming up on this week's episode of On Tape. 
So I, that's when I got into creative wellness, where we use what's around us and in us to heal. The phrase fear men is widely used on the internet. To what extent do you agree? Okay, at the moment when I even thought I'd fumbled good men, I'd lived off water and biscuits for like three days. Would you see the yoga exercises I do? So I continued doing it, comments started getting glued. Chibi Wakozeka video, like, this is after Nana. Yes. You don't know enough to be pessimistic. You don't know enough to be arrogant. Mm. You don't know enough to be sure of what you think you know. I love you. I care yeah. for you. I want to have your kids. But your kids also need a mommy who's going to be able to pull out of her own pocket when something happens. Cool. Um, so I'm just curious about like, you just mentioned stuff about like, we're just talking about like challenges. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious what you think about like what what do words mean to you like especially like reading and words but also like just going back to focus but let's let's first start with like what words mean mm-hmm. to you and like how how you feel about them now and where you think they can or what they mean like what and where you think yeah. oh and also the things that people you think are are missing from words is that <laughs> is that like a thing yeah yeah. I don't know. I feel like now people have a lot of opportunity to really thoroughly express themselves on t- on X and all those other spaces. Mm. So there's always a lot of gap feeling when it comes to words. Um, I think for me, with words, I've found that words are so powerful. P- powerful bit <laughs> giving words when someone is breaking up with you. Ah, oh. Echo needs to leave me. <laughs> Echo needs to leave. Okay. It's still going to p- commercial break as we throw Echo out of the studio. The way the way you've carried her, like just go. Ah. Uh, And we just leave all this in the pot. Just the guys be like, what? There's, there's just commercial break. Okay, back from the commercial break. Yes, you're talking about. Yeah. Words, um, words for me, I found that they're very powerful. Mm-hmm. Because words relay so much. And sometimes, most times, words carry emotion. And so people may d- misunderstand them. That's why when someone sends like a message, someone will then receive something else. And you're like, but that's not what I meant. Yeah. You're like, but your words said this like yeah. yeah but that's not what i meant yeah. so there's so much power in words that they make or break people yeah. and i find that now for me when i'm reading i also have that in mind because there are lines you read from a book and the line stays with you and you're just like wow that is powerful that's such a memorable uh sentence or it's a memorable word and it, you just keep thinking on it mm-hmm. so yeah that's that and then also uh with with words um, tangled with the whole, say if you have a book mm-hmm. you're reading, yeah. you realize that also words, apart from being powerful, they also inform. Mm-hmm. If put in a story, there's a lot of information that writer is giving out, be it fiction or nonfiction. Mm. There's a lot of information you're receiving for free. And you're just like, wow, okay. I didn't think about that. And cha- they also change perspectives, yeah. which could go hand in hand with powerful because then there's a shift in perspectives. There are people who read books and then they just wake up and they're in a cult. <laughs> are you that kind of person? Do you no. think like like today you'd wake up and be like, 
I read a book on like some since you said it's so pretty with non it's you it's so pretty non fiction. You also read non fiction. Yeah, books? I also read non fiction. So have you reached a moment where you wake up and you're like, huh, I didn't see world the world like that. Now I do and like it's like a shift in like things. Yeah, some books some books help you shift your perspective. Not even maybe shift perspective. You're just like, okay, so that's how you think. And I think that but on on that yeah. uh, the example I can give is when I started reading um a lot of books on immigration. Mm. So most of us have relatives abroad and we oh, we always think that you know money grows on trees so you're always asking for money oh send me this send me that and they may even send the stuff or they may send money or they may send gifts of a Christmas season because again I think it's a thing of black tax <laughs> it's expected black tax oh wow <laughs> but when i started reading books on immigrant experiences i think i understand my relatives better i know that you know what money does not grow on trees they are working hard to send that money if they do they're working extremely hard if they're not able to um travel back whenever you want them to travel back because like things are just not balancing capitalism is having them as it's having you in Uganda but also i think the suffering and the racial injustices all these things that is making a lot of sense it's because of the books i was reading then and i feel like now i'm more empathetic towards them and i i, I don't just throw around my asks and how it has to be really thought through by the time i'm saying you know what i i need help with this can you help mm. and i also don't have that sense of entitlement that you must help me mm. because you know which many of us have but mm. for me reading books or even fiction or non-fiction yeah. on those experiences really just helped me understand better yeah. and i'm glad for that because i had no idea nice nice that's interesting that's interesting like the power of like that's in like that, that but i'm still sure because it's like yo you have not changed like a real pers- perception on like a thing was like i used to believe this thing then i read 20 books but that's a good example of like hey i used to think yeah hey going to america is a cool thing life You've, is good oh my god and in which sense like life is yeah yeah i read americana by chimamanda it's like okay then i read um travelers by helen habila and so, and then there was uh, "Behold the Dreamers" by Imbolo Imbiu. Those three books like settled it for me because it's a case of yeah, someone has traveled abroad, they've settled in there, and everyone thinks I'm leaving the continent to go and make it, <laughs> and they get to the and they get abroad, and yeah, life is laughing at them like, oh, you thought. Yeah. Actually, I think it's best if you <laughs> stayed in your country <laughs> because you wouldn't be suffering like this. So mm-hmm. that realization, and I think then I also started traveling, and you 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 just realize that you're the only black person walking around. She's like, okay, and then the black people I would say at night. I'm like, hmm. I think this makes a lot of sense based on the books I'm reading. Either mm-hmm. they don't have proper um staying document or they're just hustling their way in life yeah and you know what it's okay it's okay i get it and the nod like when someone black smiles at you across the street yeah in Kampala, you're like i don't know you <laughs> i don't know you why are you smiling at me but there because again i have read about it you smile back or you nod back you're like i mean we're like only two black people in this restaurant so i might as well say hi right yeah 
Nice. Let's talk about like I thought like we talk about like um are still around challenges. But I'm curious about like reading culture and how you think <laughs> about it. Well, well, well. We can talk Uganda since Yeah. We can I don't want to generalize as an African problem, but like we could try. You could try maybe from your 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 mix me you being in the world of like writing and mm-hmm. maybe you may have interacted with a few people mm-hmm. here and there and reading culture <laughs> and this and the consumption of words yeah um so in uganda based on statistics our literacy rate has improved right mm-hmm. and that's great meaning yeah. we have more people reading yeah um, however, I've also come to learn that in Uganda, people read more religious texts and more what we'd call nonfiction. So the people are reading about personalities. If, say, A.P. Kassinger releases a book, or the Nalagirika book is a classic example. When yeah. her autobiography came out, you yeah. saw, away from the influencers alone, I feel like even if they had not done the influencing, people would have wanted to read the Nalagirika's book because mm-hmm. people like to read about personalities. Okay. Um, so that's really the general trend. Mm. And if someone decides to write a novel, that means you have to do a lot of intense marketing to get so many people reading the novel because mm. they would rather read mm. the religious texts and they would rather <laughs> they would rather read about people. Yeah. Um, so because when it comes to, say, having a thriving publishing industry, yeah. numbers in terms of size of the population yeah. play a role and then in terms of then that that size of the population is great but then yeah. the population has to have an income okay because they need to buy books yeah um and then literacy rate yeah, so uganda <laughs> yeah so uganda has the literacy rate yeah it has the size but our most of the population is young meaning many of them don't have the money to buy, books. to buy. Yet, if you look at Nigeria and South Africa, some of the they have big population, they have money to spend, and also the literacy rates are really up. But yeah. also for Nigeria, then they they have the traditional, they have the they have the traditional um, literature, the a great literature history uh-huh. where you have so many people who have written before them. Yeah. Here in Uganda, we have a few. Yeah. And then most of our literary history was really oral tradition. Mm. So we had a lot of that passed down. But your books, here we go. <laughs> if if we could tap into that, because that's really virgin territory for so yeah. many Ugandan writers. Well, or you think literary they should just switch space. to audio? Just be like, you know I have what? everything. Yeah, because I currently I am enjoying everything. I I like to read my books, the physical copies, but also I listen to audio books. Oh, nice. So as, we, as much as I thought you're a purist. No, uh, no. Maybe no. like a purist, like it's gotta be a book in my no, hand. No, 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 with no, words. no, no. No, let's oh. let's. I was one before. No, I'm not. But then I listened. Um, sometimes it's just difficult to read, and then you listen to a book. This is the cheaper. It's amazing. True. That's so true. Aristoc can fast. Aristoc needs cheap. to up their game. They're cheap as you well. You know, and go to Aristoc and the book is like two hundred thousand. You're like, I can buy like <laughs> this so book many. and like twenty other books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that's it. I feel like uh, that some factors that are stopping 
the reading culture from growing. Like you've said, if a book is at 200K, I mean, an 18 year old or even 25, Mm. they're thinking I need to buy food, I need to pay rent. So there's no way I'm going to be buying a book of 200K. Yeah, doesn't make sense, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So, So that's one of the things that's hindering the reading culture, but also from a personal perspective, because I was asked how then do do we improve the reading culture of children. I was doing a rotary a talk at one of the rotary clubs yeah. on reading and I told them that you see, it has to start from when the kids are young, mm. but also it has to start with you the parent. If yeah. you the parent are not reading, don't think that your child will automatically you want to read. Want to read. Like interest them. That's why when we we are growing up our parents interest us in housework. You know, they show you how to mop, how to cook. So imagine doing that for reading as well, where Mm. you have a certain time to say, you know what, every day or maybe once a day, Mm. we're going to have an hour of just purely, everyone has to get a book and read and just tell us what the book is about so that people or the kids grow up knowing reading is part of us. Mm -hmm. Like we know housework is part of us. Uh, yeah, so for me, I would say if more people would be very intentional about including reading in every other thing that mm. they're teaching kids. The kids oh, nice. uh, yeah, and then also the parents picking up on that so that the kids see mm. and they know that, oh, my daddy, oh, my mommy, oh, my aunt, or oh, who likes to read. In my family, everyone knows I like to read. And they always joke like, oh, we don't even know where she got that from because really... I mean, the rest of us, here we are. <laughs> when someone is reading. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, and I, I've tried, like, I'm always that aunt who is buying for my nephew's books, and I'm like, my, I tell my sister, like, read to the kids. That's the least you can do. Read to them. Um, and oh, I, yeah, like, like, read, read, like, night, like, night, exactly. like, those simple, like, yeah, books. Night, yeah, mm. books like mm. that. Like, try to do that so that the child grows up fascinated by what? Fascinated by this thing of reading. And I remember someone saying that for them, what they do is also take their kids with, you know how parents take kids uh, shopping, mm. supermarkets. Like, how about you also go to a bookshop? Like, go around with them, let them touch books, let them see them. If you can, you could go when you've decided you're going to buy at least one book mm. and buy that book and let the child be excited about that buy, just like they'll be excited about buying ice cream yeah. or sweets or yeah. whatever in a supermarket. Mm. Yeah, so our, our reading culture really, in short, is it's growing yeah. thanks to the literacy rates, mm. but then also there's not a wide variety of, of there's w- variety now yeah. of what can be read. So there are children's books, people are publishing children's books, people are publishing novels, and so parents or even whoever, guardians, people have a lot appalled, mm. choose from what to read, and they just need to get reading and get everyone around them interested in reading. That's a cool idea. I think now it's just about cheap books. There's also that. How do you make cheap books cheap, cheap and profitable? <laughs> I think the person you need to interview for that is, I don't know if you know Oscar Ranzo. No. Oscar Ranzo uh, does publication of children's books mm. and is doing really well. Uh, with like cheap and profitable? Yes. Yeah, I guess he's doing it in skill. Must be a skill game. So, so I will, I will, I, I'll give you his contact. So you reach out and oh, next you do podcast. Your podcast. You, you do your research on him and see. Oh, maybe this time I should risk with this. I should just like go in blind, like just be like, hey, they told me about you, and just like do a thing. Maybe. I'm curious what that what podcast would be like. Yeah. I'll just be like, <laughs> just listen. I'll treat it like a first date. I'll just be like, 
just pay attention mm-hmm. and just yeah. listen and then like follow up questions. Mm-hmm. No research, nothing. Just like with <laughs> a hint, you publish children's books. Yeah, he does with, I think, under Oasis Publication and he's nice. doing quite well in schools. Nice. I think his books are what, 10K? Yeah, that's... Actually, if a book is 10K, even like a, like a non-fiction or even a biography. Okay, if a biography was like 20 and then mm-hmm. like... <laughs> like, 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 I wonder what it takes for like. I'm very curious. I think I should be run from and become an MP. The <laughs> things I'd be lobbying in Parliament, just be like, guys, can we subsidize <laughs> publishing? But yeah, that mm. if government could support, they would offset so many costs so that the books are. But again, I don't know. Unless it's a non-profit publishing house, as long as it's not, the costs are immense yeah yeah yeah. but i think i mean it's been because they keep the cost of like let's say paper like let's say importing paper mm-hmm. uh importing ink if those costs were taken down yes, yes then yes printing is not as expensive as yeah. it is because now printer knows you import a printer yeah. yeah but if they say hey printers ink paper is like really ch- like we're not taxing or it's like really little yeah then the business owner owns the publishing house mm. does not need to th- to like Factor all of that in, yeah. Yeah, so it becomes like, oh, now book to print a book is cheaper. So, yeah. Absolutely. I think that would even work. importing books, because like, of restock, I'm just like, guys, this book is not even a 200k on Amazon. Like, yeah, yeah now, now that, of away from the tax yeah. levied on the books, there's also the whole um, publishing ecosystem that needs to be really just improved and structured. Yeah. I, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I hear that's 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 very interesting. Like I've always been like curious. I love comics. I don't like to read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, unless it's like a, it's like a, it's like a very long. I think I prefer to read very technical things. Okay. So like, give me. Like, like, like I think books on like, like very technical things like economics or like structures or system or systems. I like stuff like that. I'm fascinated with like geopolitics, so like I like to read like you know, it's like like diplomacy reports. Yeah, yeah, those are very interesting to read. Um, uh, I've been I've been curious about like leaked papers, like you know, like classified documents. Yeah. So like spy doc reports, I like to read those these days. Like it's just like a thing. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Interesting uh, Comics is why I, st- I, I, I spend most of my time. Audiobooks, because I can read a book in a day. And like yeah. and you can and increase the speed. I like that. Plus also now this day it's even annoying this blink list. So like I don't know how that's going to happen. You know a blink list summarizes the key points of the book. That's so sad. <laughs> no, it's not sad. It's, it's like not, okay, it's not sad for some people, but I Especially like me who likes to read like more technical books or more like books like a like in like I guess like either business self help that sort of books. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to read like a story about X. I just want to know like what's the key yeah, point here? Yeah, like yeah. this is the thing you need to improve or this is the thing that yeah. you need to learn how to do. This you get then so like I'm not very like yeah. Yeah, like I'm not like, hey, let mm-hmm. me read the whole book. And it's and it's, it's like a Robert Green book. Yeah. Robert Green tends to like craft a whole story around yes. like this law or this like yeah. rule. Yeah. So like for him, there's now oh crap! I now need context because yeah. there's context like yeah. the idea. True. I've, they, on that, there's a writer I was reading uh, some years ago. Yeah. But he, I find that he repeats 
he does a lot of repetition, which is also a writing style because yeah. the more you do that, then the if I'm reading, by the time I'm done, I can remember that, oh, there are 10 loads, yeah. there are 15 loads. Yeah. Uh, but then for me, for someone like that, I would want to just get the key points, like really, because his books are very simple, self-explanatory, but that repetition thing, it's it's really not that serious. <laughs> Get it. Yeah. So on that on those books, yeah, yeah, I would like the summary. Give me the summary. Give the summary. But fiction, I I like to read. I like to go through like it. Be in the world. Yeah, let me be there. Let me enjoy and see. What would say your favorite there. books are? Like nonfiction. Fiction. Fiction. I am. Um, hmm. Because I shook like in the Twilight yeah, era. So like, many. did you have a vampire like vibe? Because the time no, of I didn't. Like, like I, I, I think I was fascinated. So fantasy mm. fascinates me. Okay. That we were able to create these mystical things. So Nani and Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like it's energy. really fascinating. Mm. It's just like wow, like you sat down and your mind. I think the only books I think cooked. you know Isaac Asimov. No. The science fiction writer from like the sixties. When I was in school. The library had like too much of like you know like how they're collecting dust in the Such corner. Such a cool library. In Sindeji, they had like this old like library, and the, in the corner they had like all these Isaac Asimov novels, and um, I grew up on Star Wars. Ah. So it was like the next best thing in the library to Star uh-huh. Wars. So yeah, but yes, keep going. Sorry. Yeah. Just so I f- I find that for me, for fantasy, it always fascinates me that yeah. people can create like Chronicles of Narnia create lord of the rings create vampires and all mm. like wow like you sat down and you thought about that yeah. and i always ask myself am i able to like conjure up stuff like that if i ever decided to write yeah. would i would i want to go in that line of conjuring stuff up and create a whole new world yeah harry potter yeah oh my goodness so so that kids just get lost in them they, fo- they forget no, they forget they forget i people always say things like that about so many different things yeah. but i think for me it's always a brilliance that this writer just conjured up something and mm. it became a whole movement mm. and now people i mean there's a hogwarts somewhere like yeah. people go and see these things from just writing yeah i find that really powerful um currently i, I don't have like you know how people always swear by their favorite books yeah. i think i will mention the ones that i am liking currently yeah i'm a diehard fan of jennifer Nansubgamakombi. like i She's one writer who I always tell her that me, you can't do any wrong in my sight. You stand now. You stand. You cannot. You true stand. Yeah, I tell her you cannot do any wrong in my sight. I don't care what people say. You cannot. Um, I find her writing brilliant, but also I think especially for say her short story, the um Manchester happened, the short story collection with that particular collection. She does a lot of, she said it was a love letter to Ugandans in the diaspora because most of her stories, again, are immigrant experiences. People have moved there and yeah. how is life there vis-a-vis their relatives here in Uganda. Yeah. Fascinating. But also, because it's a Ugandan book, it's so relatable. You read the way we talk, the way we, the, the sounds we make when we are mourning or when we are just, you know, doing whatever it is, when she mm. describes roads in Kampala, you see them, you're like, yes, I see. And because I wasn't seeing so many of ourselves in books, okay. so when I started reading her work, I was like, yeah, this is someone I would like to always read because yeah. she represents us, the Ugandans. And then also the first woman, her latest novel that is just 
brilliant so many things she raises that just allow um beg you to sit back and reflect and ask yourself really huh huh interesting okay uh yeah so jennifer mccombe then um the other book that i've read that i've liked this year or not this year one of the writers again she's nigerian who also can do no wrong in my sight <laughs> because of her brilliance um is um what's her name what's her name um ayobami adibayo has stay with me i've read stay with me i think like five times because yeah. i think i just couldn't believe that people write like that it's very simple but then it's very packed um but also i think the story for me it's the story that it's just like but why like you know how so- someone tells a lie yeah and the whole time you're wondering why did you have to lie yeah. why yeah ha ayobami adibayo uh she released the new book this year which have already read like six times <laughs> not yet i think i'm going to read it for the second time this month nice because this or, or you're going to get going to run through it yeah because uh, a certain book club i'm a part of is reading it as the book of the month so i get to read it again yeah. and then uh a book that i read that really infuriated no two one infuriated me the other one really just made me laugh um there's bl- the blessed girl by angela makolwa from south africa now the blessed girl is so contemporary it's more of the blesser lifestyle uh girls deciding you know what i want the soft life so i'm going to go out and get this soft life whatever it takes mm-hmm. uh, that is so funny it's humorous you read it and you're like yeah this is what we see on instagram all the time mm. and i'm glad that someone could you know just put it there because I, I feel like since there's a lot of evolution going on, by the time many people have children, I think maybe the blessed lifestyle would have evolved into something else. Yeah. But now would have a book to refer to and be like, you guys don't know <laughs> what it was like back then, but yeah. read this book and see. Um, and also because she's a, she was a new writer on my radar, so I was really happy to read her book. Mm-hmm. And I know she does a lot of crime thrillers. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking to get into that. This mm-hmm. was like her, I think, book um that i'm currently loving is it was frustrating but it's a very good book is tomorrow i become a woman by okay. i want to say i want to say uh Od- Odafen from mm. nigeria mm. that particular one as i mean as the title suggests mm-hmm. um she's she said because i interviewed her for my podcast she, yeah. said, she said for her she was writing on the aspect of with at every stage a woman gets at, they, okay. it's like there's always more stages to become a woman. Oh, nice. So when you're growing up, they're always telling you, oh, learn to do housework because mm. when you get married, yeah. you have to keep, you know, house. Um, when, when you're learning how to cook, learn to cook for your husband. Mm. As a woman, you have to. Yeah. As a woman, you have to. So there's so many stages. Yeah. And she was just um, examining like at what point you become actually a woman hence yeah. tomorrow you become a woman yeah. because you get married great you're a woman yeah. but then now you need to have children yeah. then there's a whole submission aspect yeah. then there's in-laws yeah. 
like the layers are endless and it was so frustrating but then you w- i remember we discussed it in a book club and everyone was just frustrated by what these women were going through but we're all like imagine it's the 21st century and we are still experiencing these things as women yeah so those are some of the books that i'm enjoying right now nice 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 that's that's interesting like there's n- like you've really moved from like very like fiction like like the nanny en- energy to like fiction but still like 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 very relatable fiction yes yes, yes. yeah which is very cool i think because uh, most people like could stay in a space like uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I I find that it's it, I, I think also it goes back to your question about words and for me when I when I say that words are powerful it's in that sense that they just don't remain on paper they get off paper and then you're able to relate to them so even when people are writing fiction mm. that's someone's experience at the end of the day someone mm. has either they've they, they're creating a story but the story is so relatable that someone can see themselves in it and they're like oh my god that's me I was that woman or that's just me, maybe a student just going through the master's program and it just feels like it's endless. Mm. Yeah, so that's the beauty of words that yeah. even if it's fiction, you can mm. still relate to them. Yeah. yeah. Just like just a question out of like curiosity, like how have words changed your life? Hmm. How? I would say like that example I gave about the immigrant books I was mm. reading, those experiences, I feel like for me that was a very tangible thing Mm. like i said i had to learn to be very empathetic with my relatives abroad because Mm. i learned that money does not grow on trees because for some reason growing up when they keep telling you oh you have your aunties and Mm. uncles in the Mm. uk Mm. so when they when they constantly are generous with you or they're sending gifts and things like that then you think that oh yeah so those guys in the uk have money Mm. so they must in that when you ask them for things, you expect, you're entitled to them. Like, you must. I mean, you have money. You're in the UK. Here in Uganda, they're suffering. But in the UK, you guys are not suffering at all. So send us that money. Mm. So learning learning that and being empathetic that, you mm. know what, they're just also going through it. They're trying to make ends meet just like you're trying to make ends meet in Uganda. So don't be asking for money. Mm. Yeah, that. And then also really for me it's been empathy okay reading stuff and knowing that i and and i'm very even i'm i've learned not to be judgmental because there's always two sides to a story story. so and in fiction they try to give you both sides so you weigh and judge and be like "Mm, okay based on my judgment after reading both sides i think i would have wanted it to go this way Mm. or that way so i've learned i've learned that um yeah no judgment be empathetic towards people and also read widely because <laughs> yeah you, you, you your your perspective is your opinion is not the only one uh yeah. i see i see your opinion there's that saying of like the what you know and what what you don't know is like a really big circle yeah so yeah. That, that's why the question you asked about uh when you say that people give their opinions about people's creative processes i'm very slow because i have no idea what they went through to create that okay. whether i like it or not mm. i think we can all find a better ways of sharing our opinions without seeming very abusive and very judgmental and <laughs> very so many things that mm. we see on social media yeah cool uh so what's the future for rachel like where do you think where, where are we going 
what cool things are we do should we expect? Well, I Any think any secrets you want to reveal? <laughs> can share them now. Nothing. Any announcements <laughs> you want to? I hey think guys, my book is dropping. I don't know. I don't know sure. about the book. Yeah. I don't know about the book, but I know that uh, for me, I desire to shape or to be part of the shapers or change makers mm -hmm. in this writing and publishing space. Okay. So um, I want to equip myself in so many ways. So one of the ways is attending the different festivals happening around the country. Okay, nice. Not country because uganda used to have a literary festival but we don't have one anymore yeah that sucks yeah so i know nairobi has one mm -hmm. um nigeria has one huge one mm -hmm. south africa has one mm -hmm. but i think also they went to an hiatus or something mm. accra has one yeah so there are different spaces in africa i would like to attend all those festivals yes. and then also abroad because i mean they have way bigger festivals yeah. but i want to attend all of those yeah. uh, because for me it's again the whole learning mm. aspect yeah. and then also widening your scope yeah. and with that because i've been tinkering with the idea of okay can we do a literary festival and i know it takes a lot of work so before i jump ship yeah. and say i want to do the thing yeah. i want to just experience these different spaces and see what i can add what i can improve um and then also with like i told you with the meet your author podcast yeah. i need to really be serious with that you heard it here first guys yeah i need to be serious with that. On <laughs> grow that and see where it leads to mm. and um in in all of this really allow myself to evolve because i i've realized that i like the curatorial side of things i want to curate things uh spaces um events for this world so okay. yeah allow myself to also really just grow in that capacity and see where that takes me nice excited can't wait to see what you cook up yeah me too i'm just like let's see what because this year has ended so 2024 <laughs> let's see what happens has it ended i feel like now that we're in october <laughs> what more oh, uh, <laughs> what sorry i'm like give? sorry for me i'm, I'm like lank. i'm in feb already see yeah you're in so 2024 so the world the, the year has ended Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm just curious. In case we just bored people, the last question of Paul usually, one life lesson that you have learned as a person mm -hmm. that you think people can ever put within their creative pursuits or just life. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. One life lesson. Yeah. Um, Hope to if you have. I would say, learn to ask. Nice learn to ask because i feel like in the creative space we also like to hold back a lot and you don't want to ask for help yet there's such a pool yeah. a huge pool of people who are doing amazing things and usually knowing to ask but also knowing what to ask for mm -hmm. so that i don't come to you and i don't know what i'm asking for mm -hmm. i'm asking you for the wrong things yet mm -hmm. And sometimes you're on the other end and you see what this person needs. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, I'm going to wait for you to ask. Uh, okay. I, ne I need you to get to the bottom of whatever it is that just you ask, want. Yeah. yeah. So ask. Don't. Uh, the, uh, the least the person can say is no. Mm. I feel like for me, between last year and this year, those are some of the things that have really um, enabled me move 
uh, boundaries in, th in the things that I'm doing, being able to ask and knowing what to ask for yeah. and uh, not being afraid to ask for the thing. Like, l also enjoy rejection because it's going to come. Yeah, enjoy rejection. Wow. Ah, it's going to come. You have many t-shirts here and to ask. Enjoy rejection. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's going to come because you will ask and someone may say no, but mm. also I've learned that sometimes if someone is not able to give you what you're asking for, they may know someone who mm. can give you what yes, you need. Okay. So they'll be like, oh, I'm not able to help, but I know someone. At mm. least that's what I do. Okay. If I'm not able to help, I'm like, oh, I know someone who is in your space and I mean, have a conversation with them. Yeah. It won't hurt, right? Yeah, it won't yeah. hurt. Asking is for free. Asking is for free, so free. So please ask, guys. Ask, yeah. ask, ask away. Cool. I'm just asking the CIA or, yeah. No, but also you do a lot of asking, even if you're in the CIA. True, but always comes strings attached allegedly. <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. Otherwise, thank you, Rachel, for coming through. Thank you for having me. I've had a good time, yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Cool. Let me end this recording now. <laughs>